association with the Wayland Utani Bulletin and SciFi.com, this is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. We are the only exclusively alien podcast of its kind, with your hosts, J.M. Prater and Peter Hay. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Fucking A. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to this latest episode of Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. Um, this is, I'm your host, Jamie, and this is... Pete, what's up? And this, and today we are actually doing our first round table. So this is really exciting. We have uh, Ross from Wayland Utani Bulletin. We have Ryan Zeed, who I think is also on the Wayland Utani Bulletin and a fan of our uh, podcast page, which has been great. He's been really kind of interacting with us. Um, and then we have Chris Picard, who is the founder of SciFi.com and the Prometheus 2012 page, which has a lot of attention to it. Um, and so, Really, we want to start this discussion just kind of hearing from you, Chris, and how how that kind of began, how sci-fi began. Sure. Well, I mean, back in, like, 2011, end of 2010, I guess, I would say, um, I began kind of, like, creating a website, just trying to, uh, I guess, make a website on my own without having to use, like, pre-made form software. Um, and... I decided to test it on the Prometheus movie that was coming up, so I bought up Prometheus-movie.com. I don't know how I managed to buy that, but um, I did, and the .NET version. So I started kind of working from the ground up, and before the site was even, um, I mean, I started testing live on a server, so um, I wasn't like, I wasn't very savvy with code at the time, and you know, working on like a closed network. So I actually had people signing up. Um, once I created a registration function uh, before the site was ready. So I actually had to delete a few people that, you know, started signing up. So it was very early on Prometheus was a hotly searched topic. Yeah. Um, and we quickly grew. I mean, 2011, by the end of 2011, the site was fairly popular. A lot of people from all over the world. Um, and an older audience, actually. I, I noticed it was... Our demographics were kind of in the late 30s, all the way up to some. Some members were like 60 years old. Oh wow! So, I mean, there was yeah, there was a, a wide range of, uh, of fans on there. Um, and I actually created a different Prometheus Facebook page at the time. It's still online, um, but I abandoned. Like I didn't abandon it, but I, I kind of focused attention on another page. I was approached by uh, this other guy who was running the uh, Prometheus Facebook page at the time. Um, and he was like, hey, I'd like to partner up with you. you got a cool Prometheus site. Let's link accounts. I'll pimp your site out. You pimp my Facebook page out. <laughs> and we'll mut- mutually beneficial, right? Because I was just starting out at the time. I think I had like 4,000 members or something. It, it wasn't anywhere near where it became. So I was like, yeah, I can definitely benefit from this. And he had actually paid for advertising and stuff on Facebook. Oh, wow. So he had gotten the page like... I think when I came on, the page was around 10,000 likes. Um, and then I just kind of swapped my own Facebook page for his on the website. And then that kind of like, it, it fed each other, basically. Um, and then we grew and became popular. And then around the time that Fox was issuing out their viral marketing campaign, they uh, 
really nice people, by the way. Um, they came to me and they're like, uh, would you like to take part? And I, I remember I got the call. I was actually in my pajamas sitting at home with a cup of coffee. And yeah, I get a call from 20th Century Fox. And they're like, we'll send you an image. We'll send you some <clears throat> text to post up. You know, it was the, uh, the MedPod. Oh, wow. You know how IGN was posting up uh, like ship specs and a few big sites got to post like different Wayland products, kind of in a fictional advertising. Um, yeah, so we got to promote the MedPod and it actually crashed the server. Oh, wow. Um, when we finally posted it. Yeah, um, it was a bit of a nightmare because Fox emails me and they're like, did, did we crash your server? And I was like, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I had to fork out more money. And at the time, I didn't have many advertisements on the site. It was strictly out of pocket. Yeah. Um, so then I started putting ads on the site, and that helped alleviate some of the stress a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I learned a lot in that span. And when Prometheus finally did come out, the site was huge. I mean, anywhere you searched for Prometheus, people were talking about it on my site. And, like, you had quite a range, again, of, like, you go on some message boards, you read, and there'll be like two, three sentences replies by people. Well, on my site, it was like pages and pages of people writing, you know. So, I mean, you could literally spend hours just reading what people had to say. And that was that was fun. That, that's what I enjoyed most about it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, where sci-fi came in, I guess, following Prometheus, you know, because I'm also a fan of like things like Godzilla, Jurassic Park, which I'm sure all you guys are as well. Oh, of course. Um, Mm-hmm. So when I heard like Legendary was doing Pacific Rim, you know, I didn't know much about it at the time. But I was like, okay, so I'll go out and I bought up PacificRimMovie.net as the domain name, and then I heard that they were doing a Godzilla movie, so I went and bought out GodzillaMovies.com. <laughs> yeah, so I went out yeah. and like, because that's that's the formula that worked, you know, for Prometheus. I was like, oh well, this gained a lot of attention. I mean, it's hard to gain attention when you just starting out with kind of a more unique name. Um, you need something that's very searchable. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And then, of course, Jurassic World came out. Same kind of process. Uh, and after a while, I was like, this, managing this many domains, this much data, this is just too much. Yeah. So um, we actually, a small team, like we're privately owned. We got a small group of people who manage the site all over the world. Um, I think there's about maximum six seven of us that are dedicated on there on a daily basis um and we start off with sci-fi movies network.com a really clunky ugly name um and eventually that moved over to um, sci-fi i just randomly one day thought of sci-fi and somebody else had actually owned it and i ended up calling them up and i had to fork out a little bit of cash for the name but i feel like it's a better move than sci-fi movies network um and Rolls so basically, yeah. A little better. yeah. So <laughs> I mean, that that's basically all we are. We're um, a source, a resource built by fans for fans. So mm-hmm. hardcore movie fans, people who like to really geek out, not the, you know, not the average moviegoer. Uh, mind you, we cater to them too, but we're more specifically geared towards those who have a devotion to these franchises, who have so many ideas built up in their head. We give them a platform i guess to get those on paper um that's awesome nice. yeah i mean it's it's more of a passion project than anything yeah um we understand and and i like to keep <laughs> it that way you know i the site had gotten a little heavy with ads 
at one point because you know advertising revenue went down and hosting costs went up so the business side of the site you know i was like well i need to find a way to pay for the server so thankfully recently i moved us to a more cost effective uh, more reliable server on top of that so i basically cut back on kind of the business focus and geared it back towards what it began as and that's a fan platform so what you're saying is you made a deal that'll keep the empire out of here forever exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so tell us about uh i'm interested like how i mean obviously you love the uh, the alien saga the alien series what, when did that begin for you well, actually, it began probably around when, well, I've always been a fan. I saw Aliens before Alien, unfortunately, uh, when I was six. Um, and I think any, everybody should see Alien first um, before Aliens. Um, but I saw Aliens first when I was six years old, um, and that got me hooked. I was hooked on it instantly. And then I remember like that following year, on New Year's, they were streaming Aliens. And my folks didn't want me to watch it, but lo and behold, I managed to pretend I was asleep and watched it. Um, <laughs> it was great. It was terrifying. Um, and it's one of those movies that you can watch a million times. And you, even though you know the alien is in that ventilation shaft, when he turns around, it still gets you a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's just a brilliant film. Both are brilliant films. But for me, Alien mm -hmm. was that nightmare. Um, and ever yeah. since then, then I got into Predator. I got into Alien before I got into the Predator franchise. Um, and when I got into Predator, then it was around the time that I got into Predator that they were announcing Alien versus Predator. Um, and then I was Googling and searching around all that. Like I was, I was never really big into computers and stuff. So I was just starting to Google and search. And I came across, um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with ABP Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Good friends with yeah. those guys. Yeah. So I came across that site when I was searching around for Alien vs. Predator, images, news, whatever. And I actually thought they were like the official site for, you know, AVP at the time. But, um, later on, found out that they were a fan site, got to know the owner there. Uh, it, was, it was a good time. And that kind of kick-started my interest in online communities for fans because I was like, oh, there's, I didn't know there was this many people out there with the same interest when I was young. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's where it really began, was just joining a few um, fan communities. Are you guys familiar with that AlienExperience.com at all? Um, I've, it's an I've old heard site. of them. I'm yeah. more familiar with Alien Legacy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I joined a few forums way back then um, and just kind of kicked around. But then, yeah, I, I, I'm the type of guy. I like to have something that's my own. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. that's kind of that, that was my passion. I was like, I want to make something that would bring the community together as well, um, not segregate, like promote the community, um, bring everybody together, but also have kind of my own touch to it. Um, so I guess yeah, that's, I mean, that's how it began. Yeah. For as sure. And, oh yeah, and I think there's for all of us here probably there's this sense of ownership to some degree. We feel like we kind of are invested in uh, in these films. Even mm -hmm. good and bad, you know, um, whether mm -hmm. it's an opinion we're invested in or if it's, uh, hey, we really love it and this is why. Um, mm -hmm. There's just something that we own about it. There's something that's a part of us, um, which kind of moves the conversation along. Um, really kind of Prometheus was the, the, the from, 
the doorway back into the alien saga. I mean, we, mm-hmm. now we're getting more movies, uh, you know, alien covenant coming up. I kind of want to want to shift the conversation kind of to everyone now, um, mm-hmm. and talk about Prometheus and love it or hate it, or, you know, like it. I, I would really love to hear kind of what you guys, because again, you guys know what me and Pete think about it. We'd love to hear yeah. what you guys think about it and how you think it's kind of affected the fan community. It was polarizing. I think that, yeah. that's probably the best way to put yeah. it. Yeah. It was a complete polarization of something. I find it very hard to have an opinion because I'm an admin on a group on Wayland Yutani Bulletin and it, you feel like you have to be partisan to a point where you yeah. don't, don't take a side, yeah. even though I have a very staunch opinion on that. And yeah. you don't feel like you can voice that even on a, on a group that is as friendly or it, it, mm. it's like I said, it's, polar, it's polarizing to the point of you're going to get everyone come out the woodwork, no matter what you say. Yeah. yeah you just mentioned Prometheus. It was a fantastic. Bulletin. Yeah. It's a fantastic film, but it's every, every little facet of that movie is polarizing. I don't care what you say. It's just, it's, it, it, it gets everyone coming out and talking about it. it people talk about it like no others. Because yeah. I'm a purist. I can't get away from that. I grew up in UK. You didn't have access to these kind of things. You didn't you only could you could only watch the film or read the comics. That's all you mm-hmm. could do. Mm-hmm. There was no there's no community, no groups, nothing. Yeah. And that's where I started. And it kind of I don't know, the anticipation for Prometheus was unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, I think part of it too was uh, the miscommunication early on. They advertised it as an alien prequel, and granted, it is a prequel, but it's not a direct prequel. And I think a lot of people mistook what they meant by that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think they were adver- just like with Covenant right now is they've advertised a lot of things, and now they're backpedaling quite a bit yeah. with rewrites. I mean, it's confusing the fan base all over again. Um, I like to go into these things yeah. with an open mind. I People say I'm biased because I run a Prometheus page, but at the same time, like I was an Alien fan before Prometheus fan. Right, um, yes. And yeah. I appreciate both as their own thing. I mean, I think it's the same kind of deal like with the new spin-off Star Wars films we're going to see. You know, it's not Star Wars, and people are going to complain that it's not Star Wars, but it is at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's not for us, yeah. I don't think. They're, 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 the Star Wars movies, particularly, are not for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've lived mm-hmm. through the original trilogy, and that's what we cover. We've lived through the prequel trilogy. Unfortunately, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, or, 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 or as I like to call Suffer it, the Anakin it. frustration. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, you, you can't get away from it. But Prometheus, no matter how you feel about it, there's there's something about it. I, I I can't. Ridley's the thing I've got the problem with, not the film. Mm. Say he's too changeable. Okay. He, he'll let. He'll, he's too changeable. Okay. He he, hmm. he changes his mind. He's you know he'll come in one morning and say I want this, and then tomorrow he won't want that. Hmm. You know, for instance, like the Nostromo being yellow one day and white the next. Yeah, I always thought that was because it didn't display properly on the green screens. 
uh, yeah, but I just don't think I personally I think that's Ridley being ultimately very changeable. He's more yeah. about his visuals. It's all about visuals. He'll let mm. the scriptwriter go off and go, "This is what's happening," and he'll go, "Right, okay, I'll make it look good." Yeah, He's Ryan, not- what do you think? Prometheus, um, I think. Well, first of all, the good thing. I mean, it's just a beautiful film to look at. It's Absolutely. just, uh, you know, and that's oh, yeah. that's some Ridley Scott's always been able to do really well throughout his career. It's just create these beautiful movies, visual, you know, worlds, and um, you know, and just uh, I, and you know, with that, I really enjoyed, um, you know, Michael Fassbender's David. I thought he just did. A, an awesome job in um in that role i really um you know i thought they did a good job with the engineers you know i thought they were really interesting um you know and really really well designed and uh and uh and yeah you know i just and i thought there was some really you know um i could see they were trying to get some you know, develop some interesting themes and philosophical like trying to be you know deeper philosophically you know and i you know i appreciated that i you know and i overall i enjoyed prometheus but you know at the same time um i think you've mentioned you know in in previous podcasts jamie and peter you know and just you know it it almost seemed like it was written for you know um or maybe jamie said just written for like stupid people (laughs) um but you know um it just uh I don't know. I guess it, just some of the things that occurred in it, I didn't even notice it the first time I saw it, but like, you know, reading, reading stuff about it afterwards, it's like, Oh yeah. You know, just some of these, you know, the choices that were made or the scientists and the, you know, the characters, it just was not, just not well, I don't know, just not well thought out and just not, um, I, yeah. So it was just, uh, it, it was kind of frustrating. I mean, still overall, I mean, I, I really like Prometheus. I thought, um, I thought it was a, a masterpiece, and like you, like you guys said before, it's like a masterpiece within a very flawed film. There's like something, there's something really great trying to get out there, but it can't because there's something, you know, just, um, yeah, just kind of um, concealed by this, you know, this flawed, you know, script, and it is like, um, yeah, like like you said, very polarizing, just very, and I can definitely see why, but, um, but I still actually still enjoyed it despite all that. So I'd, I'd say a lot of the, um, problems start with Ridley, you know, like Ross Mm. was saying, I mean, this guy's a control freak. He just needs it done his way, but (laughs) there's no arguing that he is more than capable of crafting just these incredible, atmospheric worlds i mean you know you watch anything he's done and it's just beautiful yeah like you know black rain uh black hawk down alien blade runner all that stuff i mean it's just phenomenal but yeah as of late i mean he's had a couple flops and right i may be using that like you know well lately he's had a real good success with the martian right Um, yeah and i think that ridley scott uh much kind of to ross's point um, I think you have these artists, and there's actually a lot of criticism leveled towards Neil Blomkamp. A lot of these directors are artisans; they were artists first, so they have yeah. this visual, they have this visual sense, and they have this idea for this great image. Um, but oftentimes, great images don't tell great stories, so you have to have a, a good script in place. 
Um, and when you have a, a, a film as large as Prometheus, in terms of the, the amount of sets they have to build, the amount of CG that has to go into it, there's a lot that takes away the, the attention of the director. Um, yeah. So you're hoping, and I'm sure he he was, that Damon Lindelof, being the writer that he was, um, and he did some good work before, great work on Lost and and uh, on Fringe, which was a great show. I'm hoping that, hey, they have this. They have this nailed down. So I'm going to pay attention to this over here. When I think, uh, I, I, and I think, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know if I'd say that he was a control freak. I think that uh, Ridley Scott needs a good script. And when he has a good script, he's on fire. Um, right, and I, I just I think he's only as I, good as the sum of his parts. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I think I really believe that. Um, hopefully, 20th Century Fox they are listening, and I think this kind of retooling of uh, Paradise Lost now that it's Covenant, now that they're changing. Oh, there's some connection to Ripley in it. That says to me, oh shit, uh, these fans <laughs> expected this other movie from Neil Blomkamp. They're not going to get it. They really want the aliens. So let's let's reconfigure all this to give them what yeah. they want to some degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Blomkamp's Alien. I, I always classed it as when we were kids, we had Spielberg and we had Ridley and we had Lucas. And now people are our age and now directing these films and you're hoping for that feel, that, that, that feeling you get when you, well, when I watched Alien first, I was, I was about seven and I'd never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah. I, I don't think I have since. Shining is another one that yeah. I can't I can't get away from. I will always equate a new movie to that. And if it doesn't beat that, then, you know, because Prometheus, I, I felt duped by Prometheus, if I'm honest with you. I, I, yeah. it, it was the scale. The scale of the... All you, to make that movie good in my eyes, all you'd have had to have done is make the engineers 20, 28 feet tall. Yeah. That's that's probably my biggest gripe, honestly, because there's no way that you're going to convince me the engineers are what is found in the chair. Mm. That's yeah, not a space jockey. No, no, it's not. It's just not. It's not. The scale was wrong. I did. I, I did. Didn't wait thirty years to find out that that was a space albino in a suit. Just, <laughs> I, just <laughs> that's the feeling I got. I got. I, I was like, yes, this is amazing, fantastic. We here we go, great, a new era. And then at the end, I just, it took me about 20 minutes to absorb what happened. And then I went, wait a minute. <laughs> and then I went back and I went, oh my God, you know, and I just, I don't know. There's certain things that Ridley, like you said, visuals, 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 but he's yeah. only as good as the people around him. Geiger, yeah. O'Bannon, um, you know, all of these fantastic people working to one goal not to one director's vision because a vision right. will only get you so far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, it, it just, it, I, I watch it every now and again and I'm like, mm, that's nice. I like that. I like this. And then I find myself picking it up a part of my head, which I try and stop myself doing. Was the, uh, was a space shock? That's like the death of a movie regardless. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Really? Yeah. I I was going to ask, um, I'm sure you guys know, was a space jockey also uh, original Geiger design? I mean, did he originally design it as a, or do we just yes. not know? It was someone in a suit. It's supposed to be no, like a bio. No, everyone, everything, 
the human side of the film is Ridley um, and um, uh, O'Bannon, that kind of side, the human element, and everything alien, egg, creature, facehugger, chestburster, derelict, arch That's all Geiger. That's all Geiger. And you can tell. It's two two worlds colliding, like two fantastic worlds colliding, I think. Whereas Prometheus wasn't. You know. However, if you look at um, Geiger's original uh, design for like the the life cycle of the alien, um, you see the 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 man in the suit looking over the egg, the thing popping out of the egg onto his face, then him laying down. If you look at that drawing, the original drawing that Geiger did, they hmm. very much took the design for the engineers from that design. Oh, um, okay. And I always thought I never had a hard time with um, the engineers being in the you know, the engineers being the creature, essentially the space jockey. But at the same time, it was, it was mystery. We didn't need to be uncovered. And I, I, one of those things that Ridley Scott talks about, like, yeah, well, who was the guy in the suit? We don't care who the guy in the suit was. <laughs> That's what made it cool. We don't know. Yeah. The questions. Yeah, I spend 30 years of my life going, well, they, they had too much, the crew of the Nostromo had too much to deal with, with the alien to worry or question what that thing was. They saw first. Yeah. They didn't bother. <laughs> that was that storyline. But you just, I've, I didn't wait 30 years. Like, they've done it in the comic books. I think the, the disregard of comic books still in Hollywood is a big problem. Mm-hmm. You've got fantastic writers, fantastic creators within comic books. And I know Marvel do their best. Whatever. Don't <laughs> care. You know, it's more about just, you know, you had Killian Plunkett, the visual artists and, the um, you know, and your Dave Dormans and the way that they created that world for me. I watched Alien and then I had nothing until I'd read all the comics and then I saw Aliens. And, yeah. you know, they're two. Alien is a visual thing. Aliens is a detailed thing. It's very detailed. It's everything mm-hmm. down to down to every element that you see. And I just, I can't get to grips with Prometheus. I find it very hard to to, to let it in because yeah. it's not it's not right. It doesn't feel right and nothing's explained. Uh, okay, are they aliens that have taken the technology of the space jockey race? Because that's what it felt like. Yeah. That's, felt- I, honestly, that, that's more believable. Because it kind of ties in the whole worldly universal perspective of the series. I mean, mm-hmm. by the time Aliens around in that timeline, um, the crew of the Nostromo, I'm sure, are aware that there are extraterrestrial species in the universe. Because, I mean, they've explored their galaxy much more than we have. That's like 100-something years from now. But nothing to the scope or intelligence or... Uh, you know, violence of the xenomorph. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I'm, Chris, I'm I'm curious to I mean, running a site as large as the Prometheus 2012 page in Sci-Fi, what do you? Get, I'm probably I'm asking a question I probably know the answer to, but I'm curious just because you're kind of right at the at the frontier of this. What mm-hmm. do you think the fans, the general fans, not we're different kind of fans. We're very hardcore analytical people. Um, <laughs> but what do you think the general overall reception to Prometheus was, or what? How are people talking about it today? Yeah, it's hard to gauge really. I mean, I think it was a fifty-fifty split. 
mm. people who really enjoyed it, and then just as many people who enjoyed it were confused by it. Um, and I think the confusion really was the main gripe. I mean, you can detail and, I mean, point out that everybody's heart monitor is in the same pace and stuff like that, but I mean, I think the scope of the film kind of passed a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, they went in expecting a very clear-cut alien movie, um, or at least that's how they perceived it going in. Because mm -hmm. um, that's I did. the main gripe. <laughs> that, that seems to be the main complaint. Um, and I, I feel like the film will gain more respect as time goes on, mm. uh, because it did. It opened up a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities. Um, if it had been like what Bloomkamp was aiming to do with Alien 5, it would be a very open, closed case um, and it wouldn't really offer any growth I'm of the mindset like I do appreciate Alien I appreciate Aliens um, I think those are great films they stand alone by themselves but I, I have a pretty wild imagination and if somebody else can kind of steer that imagination in a new direction I mean mm. there's even more to discuss there's even more potential for that franchise to grow um, yeah. I, yeah. I welcome it. I welcome it. There are people out there who don't want change, who don't like change, who don't yeah. want to see a new Alien movie, who don't yeah. want... They want everything to be left where it was, and that's fine. That's their opinion. But, I mean, for those of us who want to see that expansion, I mean, I think it's better that they're creating something off on a new tangent than rebooting Alien. I think yeah. if they were to remake Alien, there would be riot in the streets. <laughs> yeah. um, but you, you know you would like to see that. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody. Would. No, am I the only one? No. Seriously, no. you would. You, no, would want, you would want to watch a, an Alien remake? Sure, why not? Oh God, oh, no, I would. No. No. How dare you? Have Ben Affleck <laughs> or something. Have Ben Affleck. Well, I, one of the things that I, I I think about Prometheus, and I remember. Well, first of all, I remember I saw it three times in the theater. The third time I saw it was 3D, which didn't do anything for me. I thought didn't need it. <laughs> Um, but I remember the second time I was watching the film in the theater, there was this couple sitting in front of me, and a friend of mine named, uh, her last name was Vasquez, no less. Um, oh, wow. I know, small world. Um, and this guy, at the end, when the when the uh, the deacon kind of came out of, and he's kind of opening his mouth, I'm, I'm watching this guy, and he's like, talking to his girlfriend, he's like, what, is that the alien? Is, is this an alien movie? He was saying that. He's like, is that the alien? That, that looks like the alien. And I'm like, wow. this guy has no idea. He has no idea. <laughs> he, he wants to go see this movie. That's exciting to him. No, But he knows what the alien is, but he did not have any clue that he was watching a movie about that was in the same universe. And I thought that was fascinating to me. Yeah. And I thought, really, you're, you kind of lost your audience, maybe. Uh, I think your people are confused. What is this movie? Um, but at the same time, as much criticism as I have for Prometheus, um, I remember days afterwards, and I saw it with friends, I was like, I can't stop thinking about this movie. It was on our minds, it was like germinating yeah. and germinating, and um, I really feel like the engineers were beautiful design. Now, mm -hmm. maybe they, maybe there was disappointment, like, yeah, those things shouldn't have been in that suit. It wasn't a suit, it was a creature. I Total respect for that, but at the same time, I felt like uh, Ridley Scott crafted these creatures that were that will live on in, 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 in movie fandom and kind of lore. They're beautiful, really well-designed. And, and the, the, um, the hammerpeed was gorgeous. Um, and uh, the squiddy thing, uh, I could do 
uh, I could kind of do without it. it looked very, very familiar. Um, but I really felt like he nailed down the, the artistry of the film, which was never, never the problem with Ridley Scott. Um, but it's yeah. just, again, it's one of those movies that I really love it, but I really like, I, and I think about it and I get angry sometimes because I think, do you think I'm that stupid to think that this geologist is get, getting lost in a structure he just mapped out? <laughs> do you think I'm that yeah. stupid? Um, or yeah. that this biologist is now trying to pet this little snake that <laughs> obviously is presenting itself that if you're a biologist and you know about, you know, you know about it doesn't matter what planet you're on, you know when an animal's um, acting like they're going to attack you. You know when an animal is, like, scared or it feels vulnerable, it's going to strike out at you. All, every yeah, animal yeah, does a bio- it. <laughs> yeah. a, biologist, a biologist doesn't touch it first. It, yeah. it kills it and dissects it first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, then, and then puts it in a cage. You know, it... I don't know. The, the hammerpede was a tough sell for me because it felt oh. like Ridley's going, "Oh crap, we've got we've got space to fill. Put a creature." Yeah, and, yeah. Well, yeah. And then you have the the archaeologist Shaw um, and her boyfriend um, uh, Holloway. They, I think. Holloway, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. they're going into the they're going into the structure, and oh, I'm gonna take my helmet off. Like, how fucking stupid do you think that I am? <laughs> like, and I'm not talking as just a hardcore fan. I'm talking. You you just don't do this like you you're on a, a another planet, um, much less another planet. You go to another part of the the Earth and you say no, you don't want to take this mask off right now, because you're not really sure what's happening, you know. Um, and I just thought, uh, archaeologists and biologists and geologists they don't act like this. Um, and and a great for me a great kind of reference point is a film called um, Last Days on Mars or actually no um, the Europa Report. The Europa That's a great one. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Full of scientists and people from different backgrounds acting like scientists, talking like scientists, being very careful, um, being very well thought out. These are very highly intellectual people um, who have sense of humor or whatever. Uh, but even the crew of the Nostromo knew better. They knew that, hey, um, and, and I think that's my biggest thing. And, I, and I, 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 it's ins- continually insulting to me. And I think that's one of those things that I wish Ridley Scott would just say, hey, man, we dropped the ball on this. And we're going to yeah. try and write the ship, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he uh, like you said, uh, scientists as a rule. I know a couple of biotechnicians and stuff, and they are the most fastidious people I know. They won't, they won't, they won't take a piss unless they've they've thought about it for a week. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, why am I taking? Why- Oh my god! Why do I need to go to the toilet? It's that kind of thing. You just—they would take—they would—they'd be sat on 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 the planet of Prometheus for months before they even left the ship. You know, just right. It is frustrating. And again, Hollywood has this thing, and I hate to mention it again because it's on all of our minds. Star Wars. Don't fucking remove the mask. You don't. You don't need to remove a helmet, a mask, a face, a hood. keep the mystique you don't need like you didn't need to show you could have said they were engineers that's fine but you didn't need to show i never considered it to be a suit i considered that to be a being yeah even even uh dallas thought it was a being the bones are blown out something exploded from the inside obviously and it it looks like bone i mean come on it's bone and 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 but and that's one of those things of prometheus that i can kind of get over a little bit you know like okay I disagree, but you kind of have me, or maybe you have me on the rest of it, but unfortunately they didn't. Yeah. yeah. I, 
if that's a constant bugbear for me and i can't get i can't get past it i've tried i need to get yeah. therapy maybe <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do you guys think of the of the of the um character of shaw uh shaw's a fascinating character to me but in a very specific way and i'll comment on it way later uh i like i mean i like shaw i like numi rapace um especially i mean the the peak of her performance was really in the med pod. Just, um, you know, it was just, uh, that was, that was pretty, I mean, that was a really intense scene. And, um, you know, I liked her character and I, um, I really didn't like the, Oh, it's just what I choose to believe thing. And I was like, Oh, oh come on, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, uh, I, but overall, I mean, I, I thought she, she was good. I, I, it sounds like with alien covenant though, they're kind of really, really limiting her, her role now. I mean, um, pretty much a, a minor role. So I, I guess they saw things in her character that just, uh, they just didn't, didn't like, just didn't want to continue with going forward. And, uh, you know, and, but I mean, overall, I mean, I thought it was, She's pretty enjoyable. She's, you know, one of the better actresses, um, you know, in, in the film. And um, but uh, but, you know, I'm not like, you know, bummed that her, her role is getting drastically reduced for, you know, the, the next few movies. But I'm you know, certainly still... not complaining. Yeah. Right. Yeah. David. David was the shining light. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Film. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. So and to and be Vickers, fair, the scenes always are to a point yeah well i just think he he understood what he was i think probably michael fassbender more than anyone else probably really understood what he was doing what he the character he was playing um whereas you could kind of tell that newbie rapace seemed a little confused um Mm -hmm. uh shaw seemed a little one note to me like a little Mm -hmm. kind of goody goody two shoes i'm gonna say something that foreshadowed what my father said in the scene you saw earlier um, I mean, it's like classic kind of George Lucas jump the shark. Like, let's foreshadow everything. You don't need to do that to to intelligent people. You know, I think the the audience of the Alien series are highly intelligent people. There's not just it's not just about creatures and people running away from creatures. Even though that's kind of the bones of the film, something else is happening here. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lar- there's a larger narrative happening, and I, I think one of the reasons is, uh, like for me, I love. The character of Ripley, I feel almost like related to Ripley. I feel like she's a mm-hmm. part of me. Like she speaks to me. Sounds kind of stupid, but really, like her character informs who I am in terms of being a whistleblower. Um, and she's always informed that. And I want to love a character as much as um, Ripley, as much as I do. And the only other character I love as much is Vasquez and Hudson and Hicks. Um, yeah. No other character I've really in, that invested in. Yeah, definitely. Ripley's definitely uh, the, the strong. Trained, highly trained, and you didn't get that impression with Shaw until, um, like you said, in the med pod. She wasn't Ripley until she was in that med pod, mm-hmm. or or the the Ripley type character. She wasn't strong enough. She wasn't acting like because Ripley. If you watched that film again, she's got a purpose. She knows exactly what she's going to do for the last hour of the film. She knows what's going on. I, I screw all these guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm going my way. Yeah, you know and. <laughs> And her way wins. And again, like you said, Shaw was a very wet, drab character until she became strong at yeah. the end. And she had to make those choices, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, it, 
she's a, a good character, good actor. Holloway was the biggest disappointment. Yeah, yeah, he was, buddy, he was a uh, non-entity. Hardy. He didn't need to be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have been. He could have been on a viewy screen, giving her a message from home, and it would have been yeah. fine. Yeah, he yeah. didn't need to be there. Look at you me, know. I'm an idiot. I knocked up this well, chick. Yeah, and I, I, of course, that, uh, Holloway points back to the writing. He was poorly written. I, I think um, uh, the character was just, again, he was less than one note. I mean, he's this archaeologist that acts like a surfer boy. Um, not to say that there are archaeologists who don't want to go surfing, but let's not confuse the two, you know. Um, no, I mean, spent, spent the movie sulking. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. this is not what I want. This is not why you will, you know, shut up your face and go back to the <laughs> ship. No. Yeah. And I think the, the, the... Go ahead. Sorry. Leave the professionals to it. Sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I think really, and I think about our criticism and because I think we really have a deep, deep love. I mean, I sense from everyone a deep love, but deep criticism. But I think you, you set a bar as high as Alien and Aliens two of the, arguably the two of the best science fiction films ever made, and you release a film like Prometheus, I mean, what do you expect? I mean, you, you have a crew like the Nostromo, you have all of those rich, deep, wonderful, realistic people, and then you go from that to kind of, you, you digress to Alien 3, and then you go to Prometheus, because I don't really, I won't count Resurrection, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it. Um, yeah, I, I, I refer that, I, I call that one the French one. Yeah, the expanded universe film. Um, not, not, not in a bad way because it's just that French films have a very unique style, tone, color, if you will. Yes, and that's that's resurrection through yeah. and through. Yeah. Alien Three, I love. It's got charm now. Me too. It, it just the assembly cut just blows my mind every time yeah. I see it. David mm. Fincher yeah. is just a genius. His work is untouchable. I, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, I like Alien Three better than I like Aliens. To be honest with you, <laughs> I know that's sacrilegious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, like God it. forbid you have an opinion that doesn't agree with ours. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they're all different movies in their own way. They've all got a different tone. You've got the horror epic, whereas I think Cameron, not not a lot of people know this, but well, they don't pay attention to this. Should I say is that Cameron has that detail. Yeah. There's a detail to his work. Like, for instance, um, I, I found this out the other day. Avatar, the bullets that they're firing from the guns are square. Interesting. I haven't but you don't seen see that. that in a while. I mean, it's like a well, they don't make. Bomb. I know, but they don't, they don't make a point in anywhere in the movie, in any cut of the movie, of going, these are square bullets. He doesn't do that. He has, there's such a depth and detail to his work. Mm-hmm. It makes you think, what if Ridley got him to do the detail and Ridley to do the visuals? And, mm-hmm. oh, you know, yeah. you, you can only dream, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think it is definitely a fanboy's dream to see Cameron and Scott work together on an alien film. I'm sure that would be like a Clash of the Titans. It almost happened, too. It almost happened. And That's alien right. Alien yeah. versus Predator fucked it all up. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I would love I would pay good money, life savings money to see uh Scott and Cameron team up for an alien film. Well, I would see 
I'd pay my life savings and all the money I'm ever going to earn to see an AVP movie that didn't piss all over the comics. Oh my god, <laughs> seriously, thank you. The, the you comics know, are so good. Like the original How did you series. take how did you you can guarantee that Anderson had those four issues on his table and basically just spilt coffee all over it and <laughs> you know like I, I don't know just I uh, lent on it and wrote on it and drew, drew dicks on it and just, <laughs> I'm sorry it just that the AVP thing I I've never walked out of a movie but I walked out of AVP Really? I, I um I actually saw Go both on. of those uh, opening day. I was much younger than I was now, so I enjoyed them. But I watched them again recently, and it's just like, god damn, it's that bad. Well, I think AVP the first one is is uh, looks like a, a, a masterpiece compared to Requiem. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So you can actually oh, see the film. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Well, let's I let's just... move on to uh um. What you guys think about Bloomkamp bringing back Ripley and and Hicks and kind of getting side sidestepping uh, Alien Three and Resurrection? What do you guys feel about that? Uh, uh, I don't know. I uh, can I just say something before? Sure, it, sure, sure. It, at, at London Film and Comic Con. I spoke. Uh, Ross, you there? To mute directly. Oh. Yeah, no. I'm Say here. that again. Sorry. Say you, that again. You, me? you got cut off. Um, I, yeah. sp I spoke. I spoke to Newt directly, the actress who okay. plays. Oh, sorry, Carrie Han. Han. Yeah. 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 I spoke to her directly at length, and um, it was on the card. She was growing her hair. Um, she was. She was not going to be a part of the movie as you think. It was going to be mainly Hicks and Ripley. She was going to be on a screen, oh. talking to Ripley as if sending a message to her mother. Wow. Um, which obviously opens the door for a second part to that Blomkamp film, which would be yeah. new, you know, yeah. because no matter which way you look at it, and I'm, I'm going to bring this up, Isolation is the movie we all wanted. Oh, yeah. yes. And then. But it's a game. You know, uh, don't get me wrong, game is lovely, but if that had been a movie, I would have melted in my seat. You know, it just... That is a great game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would sit for a sit in a, a cinema for forty hours watching Fisher uh, Burrows in a locker, but well, I don't know. I could be pushed, but you know, um, it's uh, Carrie Hen's view was this is um, as good as a done deal. Obviously, I met Sigourney at the same time, but she obviously that was more of a machine. It's like here's Sigourney, get out. It was you know, oh, yeah. but Carrie. Yeah. But Carrie Henn sat and talked to me and said, this is a done deal. Blomkamp's got a beautiful script. The fans are going to love it. And wow. you're talking about a school teacher coming out of her profession to come back and reprise her role. Yeah. I mean, that's and literally the only acting she's done, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, that's right. And only that's always. all the acting we want her to do. <laughs> you know, we just want her to be new again, you know. It's it's a difficult thing, I think. AVP and those movies were they don't exist. No, they're, they they're, don't. They're, they're their own they're canon. But what do you very guys hard to take? Do you, are you are you guys on board with? I mean, I, obviously hearing that about from Carrie Han and this is news uh, to me. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But I, I mean, like something that I could imagine uh, if they're going to bring her back. I had always suspected that they would bring her back. They can't not bring her back if they're going to bring back. I mean, they'd have to explain why she's dead or why she's gone. But whatever. Um, I, I, 
I love the idea as much as I love Alien Three and I love that film. Um, I'm fine with the idea of them kind of sidestepping it and saying, "Hey, let's let's do a, a natural sequel to Aliens." Um, is that something that sits well with you guys, Chris and Ryan? Yeah, I'd get behind it for sure. Yeah, I know. For me, I mean, when I first heard about it, I was like, "Dude, this is awesome!" I mean, we're gonna have Hicks and Ripley back, and just um, I was like, "This is this is gonna be badass, man!" I mean, with Bloom Camp and just uh, yeah, I was I yeah, I was so stoked about it, and um, you know, and that's and actually, what's I think that's what originally or how I found out about um, you know this Perfect Organism podcast is. Um, you know, it's through, you know, hearing about that film and the, and the news. And I was just, um, I was so excited because I mean, I loved, I loved aliens. I, I remember seeing it the first time and, um, I think like 20 years ago, it was the first time I saw it and I was like, what is this? This is like <laughs> the, the best movie I've ever seen. Like, um, and I still rank it right up there with, you know, yeah, the best movies of, of all time, in my opinion, I just, um, and the first alien too, but yeah, I was just, I was so stoked. And then, um, you're, you know, getting all this great news and then all of a sudden it's just, oh, now it's on hold or now it's, yeah, now the project is, um, Scott doesn't want to, you know, do it yet or something. And I'm like, it was just such a letdown, you know, like, um, cause that's, I think that's the movie that people really wanted to see. I mean, yeah, sequel to Prometheus or, you know, a, a trilogy prequel to Alien. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean, that's cool. But, I mean, what I really want to see is this Bloom Camp film. Is really want to see, you know, Ripley and Hicks and Newt back again. And, um, and I think – and there's just something about nostalgia that I think people really enjoy. I mean, you just look at the newest Star Wars movie um, – and people, Those ticket I mean, sales are just pure nostalgia factor. I think. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I mean, they did go. I think maybe a little overboard on you know recycling stuff in in the new Star Wars. But I mean, overall, I mean, it was awesome seeing you know all the original. I mean, seeing the original cast, you know, practical effects and original, you know, and just um, getting that feel back. And I think people really want that with you know. Um, with the the bloom camp film and you know with this aliens uh sequel and um i know i'm i'm still stoked i'm still hoping it happens i'm not sure it sounds like really scott has been given a ton of control over the whole um over that you know over the franchise and over that project and i'm i'm not entirely sure you know know why but i mean i can understand them not wanting to produce two two alien films at the same time but well there's that and then he's also uh tied with blade runner sequel with uh, that's Harrison true. ford and ryan gosling which i'm even yeah, more that's, excited about that's another story yeah 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 that's a whole so, other <laughs> another thing yeah yeah i'm not i'm not even gonna attempt to even contemplate what that what kind of pilge that's gonna end up being i'm sorry it's just there's some things that don't need rebooting mm. and oh my god blade runner is it's almost it's just absolutely beautiful yeah. even now yeah if they're, gonna re- if they're gonna do a follow-up film which is what i call it it has to be perfect and it cannot mm. be anything less than perfect if it is not perfect it will fail and that's a <laughs> high bar 
You can't, I mean, <laughs> yeah. for Blade Runner is like, perfection. it's just, it is, it's absolute perfection. Um, every, mm. every embodiment of it is absolute perfection. But anyways, yeah. that's Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I would equate Blade Runner to, the, you know, the, the troubles that went on with the filming and the issues of filming and the script was all higgledy-piggledy and all of that nonsense. It's kind of like, I don't know, you expect a rock band to have trouble and then they produce their best album. Yes. And it, it's like that. Is that Van that's Halen. What, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, the, the, the Blade Runner is that. There was so much trouble and controversy and ups and downs and script changes and all of this lot. And all of a sudden, you've got this beautiful, timeless movie. I, I mean, I saw it on the big screen last year, and the opening sequence is mind-blowing. And yeah. it came out the year I was born. You yeah. know, it's mind-blowing. You know, yeah, beautiful, you know. I'm getting choked up. Um, it is, and I, I mean that's that's a good segue into um, Alien Covenant. Uh, I, hmm. I, I think that um, obviously there's been some, like Chris was talking about earlier, they've kind of went back to the drawing board. You can tell. I mean, uh, Ridley Scott came out and said, "Oh, we connect to Ripley in this one." How they're going to do that, I don't know. Um, we, me, and uh, Pete discussed that there's some like uh, that the the lady who they cast um, in. I think Covenant. Rachel Waterston. Yeah. Waterston something or other. She looks hmm. a little bit like Ripley um, to me, but that could just be, you know, who knows? That could just be uh, coincidence. Um, in order for them to... I have a good feeling about um, Covenant. I really do. Um, I, I don't know why, but I really feel like it's going to be a good film. But I know, talking to Bill, uh, um, Bill who runs uh, Wayland yutani um, mm-hmm. he's... He, no matter I, I, in certain conversations, because I really, uh, I really uh, highlight his opinion. Like his opinion means a lot to me. What he thinks. Yeah. And, but and I've discussed with him certain portions of like, hey, what do you think in this? And he's just like, man, it's it's over. He said that, that how are they going to do this? And any kind of new thing, he's really, really um, not that he's pissing on it because he isn't, but he's just like. How are they going to write the ship? They, it's almost impossible mm. for them to do. And I, I'm a, he's a I'm purist. A, oh yeah, totally. And I am too. Like I, I don't. I'm such a purist. I don't. I don't like Predator. Not. I don't like it. I've watched the Predator films. I enjoy them. Um, but I, I don't like the crossing of Alien versus Predator. I think it's ridiculous. I don't think that it needs to happen. I don't need to see another film. I don't need to hear about it again. Um, but that's me being a purist. I'm in love with the alien and the lore behind it. Um, and Bill seems that way a little bit as well. But uh, it, it's interesting to. To hear, and I've heard this from other people, uh, just in terms of a new alien movie or alien covenant, and all of a sudden now they're calling it an alien film, not a Prometheus film. Um, there's a lot of skepticism about it, and I think yeah. there's a lot of bitterness, not towards from Bill or anyone, but just overall, people wanted this film from Bloom Camp, and now they're like, "Oh, sorry, you're not getting that right now. You're getting this yeah. film." Yeah, exactly. Well, it feels like Ridley took, um, basically pushed him off, off. Out of the out of the car, out of the truck, out of whatever you you know, pushed him out of the way and went right mine. Yeah, you know. And <laughs> well, it, I did. It, it I did wasn't hear, his. Um, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I just don't think it was his. It's it's everyone who had something invested in that first movie. Yeah. It was them. It wasn't yeah. Ridley. Mm-hmm. And people forget this. Ridley is not the all-seeing. You know, he's not infallible. I mean, look at uh, Kingdom of Heaven. That's all Orlando Bloom running around and looking for three hours. That's it. 
there's nothing more to that movie. I just the, the I visuals it. are there, the story's not. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know Ridley's got a lot, and he knows it. He's got a lot of making up to do. He can't just just like slot himself back into the sci-fi community. He can't. Mm. He doesn't have the right to do that. And arguably, James Cameron, I think, as much as I love Alien, and I do, I, I think Alien is my favorite film of the of the of the movies. But arguably, James Cameron is the one who really took it further. Mm-hmm. If anyone who's more the godfather of, or the kind of took over the reins of Ridley Scott is James Cameron. I think the community owes more to James, not owes more, but maybe uh, he's not talked about as much as Ridley Scott just because Ridley Scott did the first film. Yeah, yeah. and Cameron's definitely got, um, uh, I, d- I don't know, he, he was vested fan of the first film and he knew what to do with it and uh, to be fair none of us saw that coming none of us saw a, an aliens war movie yeah yeah and then and then, and then we're, wow you know where did that come from you know but it, it's i i don't know i just ridley irks me greatly hmm. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, yeah he's got very deep issues with the fact that he thinks that he's an auteur an artisan, an artist, and hmm. he's not. He's, he, he is, and he isn't. He doesn't, I just don't think he's got the chops anymore, and I think he's trying to relive that. Did you see uh, The Martian, Ross? I did. I saw it the other day. I didn't see it in the screen because I was, I'm, again, I'm a purist, and I was, it's a bit like Ridley Scott's made another movie. I saw the clip of them in the storm at the beginning on the mm-hmm. trailer and just mm-hmm. went, well, that was a bit in Prometheus. Yeah. That's the silicon storm in Prometheus. Not interested. And the suits were the same. And yeah. Yeah. I liked the science, but it, it, I, I don't know. It dragged on. It was another, it was cast away in space. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah. I could, have, I could have written that on the back of a piece of toilet paper. <laughs> I just, uh, and I'm no writer. Don't get me wrong, but from an artistic point of view, it wasn't anything special. I don't mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. it was what it was. Yeah, you know, and it's a book, so he he didn't have to do anything. True. He just had and to I create think, something. And the script was written by the the um, the author of the book, um, whose name slips me right now. But yeah, so really, they were like, okay, here's this awesome script. Make a movie. Oh, sure. You know, oh, well, the, um, but, the novel was written by Andy Weir, and then the script was written by somebody else. Are you sure? I'm positive on that not, one. Not that it really probably ultimately matters because he had a really good backbone for the film. Right. But so again, and I'll, I'll ask you this, Ross, and then I'll, I want to hear from everybody else. What do you? Th- uh, what are your hopes for Alien Covenant? Do you have any? Are you even interested? I'm interested. I don't have any hopes because I had hopes for Prometheus and they were dashed I suppose in in a few ways that I think we all go to the cinema with a certain prerequisite idea of what we want from a movie um, Star Wars was the new one for instance was fun but it's a rehash they played it safe they knew what mm-hmm. they were doing you know mm-hmm. Disney is a monster right now and there's no getting away from it Hopefully the new movies will be better. I'm hoping I will reserve my judgment for Alien Covenant. I, I mm. will try and stay clear of what of all the 
the, 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 the talking and the, the opinions about it, and I make my opinion myself. I'm not a I don't read reviews, for instance. I see. I, I'd mm. like to make my own mind up because ultimately, my opinion is my opinion. You know, uh, you like I said, being an admin on a group, you have to keep that very close to your chest because you, otherwise, you just you'd have a group of no one because mm. you just alienate the whole lot. You know, you'd no pun alienate. intended. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a pun intended. But I just, I, I don't have hopes. I I just I I'm I'm praying that it's going to be what it says it's going to be yeah. because I know with Ridley when he says something it doesn't always mean that the the outcome will be that mm-hmm. and and I'll stand by that you know, that's that's my feelings towards it I will watch it but I will go with apprehension I think mm. Well, and I, th- I think that's a good way to go into a franchise movie anyway. Um, you know, big names like Jurassic Park, Godzilla, Star Wars. You know, they're just these huge money-making IPs for the film companies and everything. And then they just want to just bank on that. And we don't always get quality films, but we get something that uh, puts revenue in their pockets. So, you know, you go see something like Star Wars. I mean, I was excited to see it, but I had my, you know, reservations. I was like, oh, you know, I hope this is good. But I was ultimately not let down. And I'm hoping that, you know, the next couple Alien films and the next Blade Runner film will uh, deliver and there'll be a quality film experience for us all. Chris, Chris, what do you think? What are your, do you, are, are you really excited about Covenant? Are you apprehensive? Well, I mean, I am excited for it. Um, I'm a little, well, I, I will say early on, I mean, we put out a few articles uh, from somebody who was apparently close to production, feeding us little bits here and there. Whether it was true or not, there's no way for us to know. Um, but from what I was hearing, it sounded like the film was going in a really good direction. It was going to open up three main paths, basically. Oh, cool. Um, mm-hmm. One focusing on what happened on LV-223, what became of the Deacon. Another ship was supposed to arrive there. Um, meanwhile, second path was supposed to be this new crew, and third path was supposed to focus on uh, David and Shaw. Um, since the recent revisions by like uh, John Logan, it seems like two of those three pathways have kind of been shortened or Mm -hmm. at least put off. Um, So, I mean, I'm a little apprehensive about the last minute changes. Um, I am hopeful that they don't close too many doors. I want there to still be enough momentum going forward. Um, I don't think it's gonna land right back into Alien and I hope people don't expect that. Um, Well, we have three more prequels on the horizon. Exactly, so he's planning a huge span of sequels here. and I think they're going to be kind of scattered all over the place. It's not going to be chronologically ordered. But um, personally, I'm excited for it. I'm staying relatively open-minded about it. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I got to say really about that. Were the, were, the, were the changes made, do you think, because Fire and Stone beat them to it? Um, there were a so lot of similarities, yeah. Um, and I wasn't aware of them, actually, until... 
other people brought them to my attention. Um, I think really it's like mentioned earlier about Bloom Camp's Alien 5 kind of then taking ideas from that, wanting to like link to Ripley and that like linking to Ripley was never something mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Basically the focus was the engineers creators who created the engineers. Yes. Uh, and it's like a, a hierarchy and we're not going to meet God, uh, but we're going to meet kind of more stepping stones on our way to who created who. And uh, back to like the whole jockey debacle. Um, I think the idea or the goal is that the engineers are kind of like this midway offspring um, and they wanted to fashion their technology after their creators like like we do um, so I mean I'd like to see how they explain because Ridley keeps talking about going in the back door of Alien explaining who that guy is the jockey right um, mm. it, it'll be interesting to see but with the recent revisions, I, I don't know if we're going to see that in Alien Covenant. I think we're going to have to wait a little while still. Mm. Ryan, what do you think? How, are, you, are you pretty excited? Or are you apprehensive as a fan? Um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I mean, but honestly, I mean my my real I mean what I was really looking forward to is Bloom Camp's film. I was just so oh, yeah. stoked on that, and I was yeah. like, just couldn't wait, and just like seeing the concept art that he, and he's a man, he's a great artist. I was like, geez, he drew this stuff. It's like, um, but yeah, I was just seeing it and just like all the possibilities with it, what they're going to do with the story and, um, just bring it all back. And, um, you know, I was just so, so stoked for that. And, you know, once kind of Ridley took over, um, and put Bloom Camp's film on the, you know, on the back burner or whatever. Um, and just wanted to continue with this, uh, you know, prequel trilogy. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's just hard. It's, there's just no way I was going to be as excited for that as I was for uh, Bloom camps film, but I still, uh, I'm still looking forward to it. I'm, I'm just hoping they, um, I just hope they don't like, I, I don't, I guess over three films, I just hope they don't reveal like too much. Um, you know, I, mm. Because mystery, I mean, there's something beautiful, like, about mystery, you know, that's yeah. some, you know, um, when it comes to, you know, things like poetry or something like that, there's, you know, without just flat out, you know, revealing stuff exactly, you know, uh, or making it obvious, yeah, you know, there's you, something, go ahead, sorry. When you write, when you write poetry, for instance, you have, the questions are always more tantalizing than the answers. Right, yeah, exactly. Like Alien, Alien, I didn't. I loved asking those questions myself. What was that thing in that chair? Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't necessarily want to know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the, the alien is the main focal point, and that's easy to do because you can either add more or take away, or change mm-hmm. size, or breed, or or uh, environment. But the the jockey thing was such a mystique to that creature. Yeah, I mean. The, the scene, you know, when it fades to black, when they're walking away from it, and you just see the sheen of the eye. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And just beautifully t- terrifying, and I didn't need any more than that. It was just, yeah. you know, and I mean, they've tried it in the comic books, and I would always divert to the comic books, because that's where I started. They've tried, yeah. and they, and they, they have succeeded in such a way. There's one called Destroying the Angels, 
I had that I would, one. That's a good one. And that's just I, I don't know. They're the right size, and they they don't talk. They they they're telepathic. They don't give away any answers. Um, you know, there's there's tons of questions in Prometheus that you don't want answers to. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You, um, I, I don't find myself. Going, oh, oh, what was that? Well, that's the thing. The... Alien, Alien, and Prometheus—they all like to ask a lot of questions. But the emphasis, it seems, in Prometheus is that, oh well, we have so many more questions to ask, and that's okay. But I mean, we've been waiting forty damn years for some answers on the space jockey. <laughs> well, being, I was thinking, if we're being I fair been wait- here, I haven't been know. waiting for an answer on the space jockey though. For me, uh, as an Alien fan, I've never. A- I've never wondered what is that thing. I mean, I've wondered what is that thing, but it's not something. Oh, I hope in the next movie they reveal it. I don't. I love that mystery, yes. and yeah. it's the same yes. kind of mystery that Stanley Kubrick set up with two thousand one. Um, oh yeah. Yes, Prometheus asks some questions, but they're pretty dumb questions. Um, like, well, why doesn't this make sense? Um, well, or why is this that way? Because Damon Lindelof. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, well <laughs> ultimately, though. Yeah. Ultimately, though, I think Lindelof. Yes, he was the writer that was brought on board, but the the at the end of the day, Ridley Scott was the director. It all falls mm-hmm. on his shoulders. He didn't address it. Um, and again, I, I think we live in an era uh, where, yes, there's some great stuff being uh, coming out on TV and Netflix and whatever, um, but we live in an era, and it's kind of like uh, the George Lucas where you have these writers like, oh, we're going to foreshadow all this stuff. No, let's for, let, let's let, no. We're, we're going to call it poetry. We're going to call it rhyming. No, it's not. It's called you're redoing it. You're you trust your audience. Back in the '70s and the '80s, there was this real trust that the audience, the people coming into the theater, were smart people, and yeah. now we're even smarter people. We're 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 at the there is so much information at our fingertips. If you know, we hear about a movie, we can do a few typings and find out is this true or is this not true. Um, t- to some degree, um, and I think we need a writer that trusts the audience, and that's one thing. I, I don't know what everybody thinks about the new Star Wars. I've seen it. I've seen it four times. I really enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. But there, there's some elements. And in, in, uh, what's his name? J.J. Abrams said he was writing the film with Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And he said Lawrence Kasdan was like, trust your audience, man. You don't need to explain this. Trust them that they get this. And that's yeah. what the next writer needs to do. And I think Ridley Scott needs to do. He needs to trust that the audience doesn't need an answer to every question he poses. Um, What I really think is happening is Ridley Scott has a question, who is the guy in the suit? And he thinks that's our question. Now, if he's making an answer to that question, that's fine. But don't pretend that's something that we want to know, I think. No, Mm. Uh, the mystery is much of an error. And I always, uh, this is going to sound really funny now. Um, The worry is with the God complex aspect, part of the storyline, or the, the creator, in my head... I'm going, oh, God, please, we're going to end up at a position where Ripley's going to shoot God in the face and it's going to be like Star Trek, The Final Frontier, you know, (laughs) where God appears and all of a sudden the Enterprise is there and it shoots him and God's dead. And and it it, it just makes me want to curl up into a ball and just go, just like you said, leave the mystique alone, further, further the world, the universe... The, the you know Blomkamp's vision would have been lived in. No one does lived in like him anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know he's the only one doing it that has got that kind of gritty edge to him mm-hmm. that that Ridley had when he did Alien. Yeah, that mm-hmm. lived, you know 
the Prometheus ship didn't fit for me. That was one of the biggest things you create. I mean, it's called Prometheus, the ship, mm -hmm. the film, and the ship was a, a non-entity. It didn't feel like it was a character as well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you the didn't even... Yeah. The Nostromo was a character all on its own. You know, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's been a ship in terms of the Alien series like the Nostromo since. I mean, you have the Sulaco, which looks really cool. It's a pretty badass ship, but you don't get the sense that it is a living, breathing character. Um, and I, I think that, that, yeah, if you're going to name a movie after a ship, and of course that name has a bit of a double meaning, I don't even think they needed to name the ship. The, like, well, what, it didn't, what it didn't what fit. Does the myth have to yeah, what yeah. does the myth have to do with the, any of that bullshit story apart from yeah. the Ted... The TED Talk thing, again, Wayland, Peter Wayland, didn't need to be in at the end. He needed to be on it's the TED Talk. It's all my fault, guys. Sorry. Yeah. The viral <laughs> stuff. Yeah, sorry, Peter. It's all your fault. Anyway, <laughs> he didn't need to be at the end. He didn't need to be there. He just needed to be there to set them on their journey. Yeah. You know, Wayland, the Wayland yutani Corporation is a big part for me it, it can be such a basis for deep insidious scientific storylines that you, you open that world up a little bit more not just the alien but what do they want the alien for and yeah. you know why do they want it so bad it can't be just because it's going to make him live you know yeah I mean, going back to the weapons division and all that, and uh, those are some big questions. Um, and I agree with you. I, I don't think that they needed Peter Whalen um, uh, on the ship. I mean, actually, the, the, my favorite two characters from that film are or were Fassbender, David, and Vickers. I felt like Vickers had uh, a depth to her. Vickers wasn't this goody two shoes, but she wasn't this villain either. Um, there was a lot going on with her and who she was, and I thought, man, this is a character I want to follow. Because Shaw to me was like, oh, Miss Goody Two Shoes, everything, oh, everything, you know, I just she felt too good. Like she didn't feel three dimensional. She didn't feel like a fully rounded person. And I think that kind of came through from her performance. She didn't really understand the character. Perhaps I'm not really sure. Maybe it was even the takes that they chose to to use in the film. Um, but I remember seeing some behind the scenes from Prometheus, that three hour or three and a half hour documentary, um, and you see Shaw on set, and she's pissed off a lot. The, 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 the helmet doesn't fit right. She doesn't seem like she gets, like, she does not seem happy on set. No, she maybe, maybe she was. Maybe she was. Maybe it was just a moment. But it seemed like there was this vast misunderstanding. But at the same time, too, a, a smaller uh, a smaller issue with Shaw in terms of she's Swedish. Just make her Swedish. Don't make her English. Her English accent was, it wasn't authentic. She wasn't British. Um, and then her father wasn't British either. He didn't have a very believable accent. Like, there's all these things that they probably felt were detailed, but they came off as false. Um, yeah. She was, uh, her, her, her uh, language and the way she spoke was atrocious, speaking yeah. as an Englishman. Yeah. Um, but it just, like you said, you just be true to the person that is playing the role. And Ripley is, for all intents and purposes, Sigourney Weaver's alter ego, if yeah. you want. She's, yeah. she's um, you know, she's very precise you know she's a, a beautiful woman she's strong she's powerful and you got that and you get that when you meet her and things like that but sure i, I get what you're saying she was not not a good fit not at all mm. vickers would have been a better fit absolutely 
And I think, uh, you know, we were talking about like, um, like expectation. And I, I, th I think of Blomkamp's film, because like Ryan said, I was totally stoked. And for me, Ripley, Hicks, Nooch, um, they're family to me, as funny yeah. as that sounds. They're, and so you have this idea that you're about to meet your family again, that they survived. And uh, really, uh, I mean, th my next family in the Alien series would be the crew of the Nostromo. Um, yeah. I really felt a part of who Parker was, who Lambert was. I felt like I really connected to who they were as people because they were really written well and performed well. So you have this idea that you're going to reintroduce uh, the, the favorite alien family, and then they say, oh, no, sorry, we're not doing that right now. <laughs> and to me, it's like, fuck you. Like, don't don't say that. Like, and it was really... Uh, uh, and it's, it's obviously the film's on hold, they said, um, but Sigourney Weaver will be 67 this year. You have yeah. a very small window of time that she can play Ripley again and be believable. Um, well, and I mean, she, she could pass for 50 them. any day of the week. She looks great. She does. She looks great. I, I mean, hey, she looks fantastic. Um, but they can't prolong it. I would imagine, hopefully, that they would probably uh, start shooting this this Bloom Camp alien within the next year or so after uh, uh, a Covenant comes out of uh, after Covenant, you know, finishes production in the fall or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, that was my really. And I think when I think about the Alien series. Um, I really want to fall in love again, and I have it. Uh, Prometheus was an opportunity, and it was a missed opportunity, and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I and I left thinking, "Wow, what an incredible world they built!" But man, I didn't like those characters at all. Yeah, and it was a bad, it was a bad date. Yeah, it was a total bad date, and <laughs> that's kind of how I, that's where I'm at right now um, uh, with with the series and what's happening. And I, I I'm an optimist. I really think uh, Covenant's going to be really good. I, it's just my gut feeling. Um, and I, I, I have a feeling I'll fall in love again, but who knows? But I would like to maybe we can kind of round off this uh, or end this podcast with kind of everybody where they where everybody is at with the series right now and what their expectations are and um, and just kind of leave it at that. So, Peter, what do you think? What do I think? What are my expectations? Um, really hopeful for uh, Alien Camp. I feel like that's going to be good. <laughs> um, I feel Covenant is going to reflect some of Ridley's recent work in film. Um, like The Martian being the only thing that comes to mind right now. But uh, I, I have confidence in the franchise. I mean, this year is uh, the 30th anniversary of Aliens. It's original release in May. Um, so right, we're definitely yeah. going to be seeing some new stuff. Um, whether that's comic books, uh, printed material, uh, toys. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out, and I'm really excited. Um, like I always say, every time we talk, Jamie, I mean, uh, now is a really great time to be a nerd. Um, <laughs> better than ever. So uh, I have confidence moving forward with the franchise. Whoa. All right. Uh, well, Chris, what do you think? What, what I mean, as not just a fan, but you know, you have uh, kind of a, a machine behind you or a machine that you run. <laughs> yeah. What do you? What are your? Where are you at with all this? Oh well, I'm excited, um, to say the least. Uh, being someone who did enjoy Prometheus, I, I ignore a lot of the flaws it had. I kind of took its concepts more than anything to mm -hmm. heart. Um, and that's what I'm excited about. I want to see what concepts they kind of dive into. I, I want to see, um, I know there's 
there's a rumor that David plays a key role in the creation of, of the Xenomorph. Um, hmm. So I want to see how how do they lead into that? What's David's agenda? What is what is he gonna do? What what happens to Shaw? I guess, um, yeah, I, I'm just excited to see where it goes, uh, and I don't really have any expectations aside from the fact that obviously like you guys have mentioned some more solidified characters believable characters i think instead of focusing on how good it looks on screen i think we should focus on the actual characters that make that film so right i'm excited i'm excited for that awesome brian what about you uh i think um well i mean Literally, in terms of production, you know, I'm hoping that once Covenant is done um, filming and they go into post-production, that that news will come up with Bloom Camp, um, you know, getting started again on on Alien Alien Five. Although I, I guess from what I heard, he's working on some time travel story right now. Um, I'm not sure if that's just, uh, you know, if. I'm not sure if that's really what I mean. I haven't heard anything more about it. It's, I guess it's some based on a novel that hasn't even been released yet, but uh, um, he's working on. But I'm really hoping for you know good news regarding that. But as far as you know, the Covenant and these this prequel trilogy, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I just hope it. Yeah, I'm just hoping for really just engaging, like riveting story with just. Um, really good twists and turns and characters um, that uh, we can really connect with. And I mean, like you said, you know, I want characters that almost, you know, feel like family, you know, just, um, and uh, you know, people that are really fleshed out, multidimensional. Um, and uh, you know, it's hard. It's going to be, it's going to be hard to do. It's going to be challenging, but I, um, I really feel like they, they can do it. And um, you know, I, I believe that, you know, if, if Scott is, you know, really focused, I think, you know, he can do a great job. I know it's going to be, they're all going to be great visually. I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, the writers and, and Scott just, um, you know, come together and really put together just a great series of, of films that, you know, bring back the, the horror and um, obviously going to bring back some of the familiar creatures. You'll see Xenomorph. I'm not sure if they're going to do like the Ultramorph um, or, that would be sweet too um and then just uh but yeah you know just um take some hopefully just take some chances take some risks and really um push the push the franchise um to a whole nother level that's that's what i'm really hoping for so awesome so awesome. we'll see Me too what about yeah. you ross um i i think i'm probably it's hard to say i i i'm not going in with my eyes open, I'm going in with my eyes closed and my hands over my eyes, hoping, <laughs> like with with every fiber of my being, that the Blom camp happens. I yeah. personally think it's done. I think that Ridley has quashed that, mm. but I will give him the benefit of the doubt. But like a lot of people say, you hear it a lot. Ridley's got a lot of making up to do in terms of. You don't want to water down what you created in the first place, and um, that's a big worry for me. Mm -hmm. But I will go go into the into theaters with open arms and and 
you know, embrace it as best I can. Uh, just, uh, I get very annoyed at Hollywood because they don't pay attention to books, they don't pay, pay attention to comics, and they're a big deal for me, is you, like, Ridley can make The Martian from a book, but he can't make, he can't, he won't consider looking at the other literature that's out there and just mm -hmm. giving someone else a chance. That's why I think Blomkamp had, he just had something. There's something there and we all responded to it. And like JM said, the Prometheus prequel trilogies or what have you, alien prequel trilogies, I'm not bouncing around about them. I, I, they're going to be, they're going to happen, and I will take them as they come and go from there. That's how I feel I should go and approach it. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I just, uh, I just hope they get really uh, to start trusting the audience again. I mean, really, they, when Alien and Aliens came out, you really have this, these seminal films that were really deeply grounded in humanity um, and. They really, uh, I mean, I, I, I have uh, Hudson lines going through my head all the time. I have lines from Parker and, and Brett <laughs> going through my my head all the time on a daily basis uh, because they, they resonate. Over, <laughs> yeah, because they resonate. They totally resonate. And I want a film that resonates. And uh, I want to fall in love again, like I was saying earlier. Um, and I, I hope that they can do that. And I, I, I think, um, I, to your point, Ross, or I think that you were talking about this, I think that really, or maybe someone else said this earlier, I think really... Ridley Scott feels like, and he's, this was mentioned in an article recently, he feels like he missed the boat and he gave away his Alien series to too early, like uh, Ridley Scott did it and then David Fincher, and now he wants to take control. He wants to be the George Lucas. And I think the larger picture might be for 20th Century Fox, they don't have Star Wars anymore. Um, yeah. They don't have a, a big moneymaker. So their bet right now is the Alien series. That's what's, well, that's what's happening. And and Ridley Scott is the new George Lucas. Of course, these are very different films. They're not Star Wars. They're darker. They're, they're more, there's more meat there. But I, I'm just hoping that uh, uh, somehow, somewhere, um, Scott can listen to reason. And I really believe that he's heard the, he's heard the criticism. Uh, maybe he won't admit to it. Maybe we won't hear him talk about it. But I know he's probably heard it, that people have a, a fundamental, some fundamental issues with some things in Prometheus. And I really feel like Covenant is going to write that ship. Um, yeah. But hopefully they don't pander to fans either. I don't think that's always the answer. I don't think nostalgia is always the answer. I think some of the best answers are do something new, but something that you trust us on, you know? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Certainly. And with that, Peter, what do you think? I think that's a wrap. That is a wrap. And I just want to say uh, thanks, every one of you. Chris Picard, who is the the CEO and the founder of SciFi, he also has the Prometheus page, uh, twenty twelve. Ryan, who's been a great fan, who's really, who's been talking to us, and we've been talking with him and leaving great comments. Thank you so much. And Ross, Thank you. who is the admin of the Wayland Utani Bulletin, as am I. And Pete, who is the co-host. Uh, thank everybody for. Thank you, everyone, for coming on and for being a part of this great chat. So I think that's yeah. it.